This is Above Grade with J.S. Brown and your host, Bryce Jacob. Welcome to Above Grade, where each week we'll be discussing the construction landscape here in Central Ohio. I'm Bryce Jacob, president over at J.S. Brown and Company. If there's a topic you'd like to learn more about or you have a question you'd like answered during the show, email us at abovegrade at jsbrown.com. So, Greg, we're just cruising along. Last week, I don't know, did we pick up any words that well, you took home? I got to admit, it, it kind of it was a setback there, Bryce. Yeah? My, my it was wife, just a bunch of dirty yeah, talk. Yeah, my wife doesn't like talking dirty. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I get to groan yeah, for you, you now. Thank groan. you. <laughs> so I'm hoping today, Bryce, that I can learn something that you know, that'll really strike a chord with her. All right. Well, this will. I think it will. You know, if you've been listening, folks, uh, we do talk a lot of trash like we did last week with <laughs> Marty Reed. Uh, but we're going to actually get into the uh, basement or somewhere in the home. We're going to start whining uh, today. So we're going to whine today. Oh, it sounds like my kids. I'm, I'm getting enough of that at home. I know. I know. Well, you know, <laughs> summer's starting here and my children are out of school. I've got three daughters, as you all know. And they're whining because they're bored already. I mean, that's <laughs> ridiculous. I was never bored over summer. Go outside and ride your bike, kids. That's what my dad would say. Don't come up to the street. Like, how do you ride on. a bike on a phone? I don't get it. So I've got a designer with us today who's quite legendary in central Ohio. That's true. You're looking at me with that smirk like, come on. And doesn't have, uh, also has a lot of certifications. Also has a lot of awards for your accomplishments. Many of you are thinking there's no way I could ever get this person in the studio uh, she's that exclusive, but I have her with me right here, right now. Yes, you're waiting for me to say it. It's Monica Miller, and she is, uh, let's see, if I get the alphabet soup right. Yes, clap some good more, get. please. That's a good get, Bryce. It is a good yeah. get. It doesn't happen very often. It's because we have some weeks under our belt, and people are starting to give the show Just, some credibility, yeah. so we start getting the real guests <laughs> yeah. on. So, begging and pleading help. That's right. So we've got Monica Miller. She's an MCR, CKBD, UDCP. Is there any, what did I miss? I think you got them. I got it all. Okay. So why all the certifications? <laughs> um, I've been in the business a long time. So a lot of them have accumulated over time. But the CMKBD is Certified Master Kitchen and Bath Designer. I got that from the National Kitchen and Bath Association. That's really my first love is kitchens and baths. And the uh, Certified Master or MCR, Master Certified Remodeler, comes from NARI, the National Association of the Remodeling Industry. And I got that several years later when I was working um, exclusively in remodeling and getting more interested in the structure and mechanicals of things and wanted to learn more about it. And so took some classes and got that certification. And then the universal design certification was um, just an interest because of our aging population and needing to design for clients who either wanted to age in place or who already had needs or maybe had parents or relatives um, or even kids that they wanted to make sure their home was safely designed for. So mm -hmm. they were all areas of interest that I pursued and came in handy. It That's works. excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So you've been at J.S. Brown, is it 16 years? Is that right? It will be 16 years in August, yes. Yeah. Well, who's counting, right? Was, yeah. I was 12 <laughs> when I started. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She was, folks. It's true. <laughs> yep. So you've been there for a long time. You watched the company evolve and change and, yes. and uh, the ups and downs of the remodeling business for sure. So now we get a chance to work together. So I get to see you roaming the halls every now and then, but there's not much roaming because you're very busy with projects. I know you Yes, I am, I am stomping, not roaming. I'm on a mission <laughs> with clattering high heels down the yeah. hall, yes. So we're going to make a little bit of a game out of the, sh the show today, put a little twist in it, have a little bit of fun at home as well. So if you're at home and you want to hear about wine cellars, go get that bottle of wine you've always wanted to pop open. 
pop it open. And every time we mention the word wine, because it's going to happen a lot today, just treat yourself to a little sip if you'd like to. Do you want to do that in here too? I was kind of hoping there was going to be bottles, but I don't see any. <laughs> yeah, so. we don't. Well, we have things to do after this, so okay, okay. we'll just let everybody at home indulge. I like it. It's a drinking that. game. I'll do it straight. I can do it straight. Right. <laughs> well, it doesn't work for those who are listening in the car anyway, uh, or yeah, someplace they're, they're where they shouldn't out. be. So you right. shouldn't be doing that if you're in the car. So we're going to be talking about the art of wine cellars. So get that glass of wine ready, because here we go. Let's talk wine cellars. Let's. There, there's sip one. <laughs> Out of the way. So let's talk about these wine cellars and what's happening in them now. Do you feel like more people are investing in personal wine cellars than they were maybe five to 10 years ago? I do. I do. I think wine as a hobby has just increased in popularity and we've got more domesticated or domestic producers of wine. And so the interest in them is increased as those affordable wines are available. And as our homes are getting bigger, there tends to be more space for things like this, for specialized hobbies or interests. And so people are able to accommodate something like that in their home. Mm-hmm. So big increase in that, not just with the space, but they're utilizing space differently right? as well. So do you feel like people want their wine cellars to follow the theme that's consistent with the design of their home? Or are they going out on a, on a limb a little bit further and going with a creative feel, maybe something they've toured in Napa Valley or if they've gone to Italy or they've seen something and said, I want that little spice of life in my home. Right. It, I think it depends primarily on what their intended function is for the wine room. If it's just to protect the wine, it might be hidden away. And in those instances, it might be pretty utilitarian and functional. But for a lot of our clients, they also want it to be a display space, mm-hmm. an entertaining space. And so in those instances, yeah, you're really talking to them about the style and not just the function and the capacity and and those types of practical concerns. So it is a space where I think people will experiment a little more broadly. Mm -hmm. To me, it's kind of like a powder room. It's a room you don't go in very often. So you can get a little crazy with the design. You can get a little stronger with your colors. You can go out on a limb with a more extreme uh, design inspiration. Like you said, maybe a a romantic visit that you had to to a winery or or had um, a nice vacation somewhere with some great wine, or if you just wanted to, you know, explore a cool style because it's off to its side. Usually it's off, off to the separate from the rest of the house in some cases. So, so yeah, it's a good chance to, to experiment. So Greg, this show is getting dangerous as well. Your wife's going to listen to this and she's going to want to go to yeah. Italy or Napa Valley now. Yeah. yeah they, she just came back from Napa. So oh. I'm waiting any moment now. She's yes. going to listen to this, it's in have a couple of sips of wine. Yes. And she's there was another this. sip. Yeah. There's another sip for you. So thanks. You're welcome. Here. If you're listening, turn this off right now. Yeah. Right. Come back next week. You've been drinking enough. <laughs> she needs to get to some bad ideas. All right. So what are some of the features, Monica, that you're seeing people work into the design of a, of a wine cellar that's fairly common? Well, um, one of the things we want to talk about is, you know, what types of things they're trying to accommodate in terms of types of bottles and, and sizes and all of that. But it certainly is very common for people to have a th- themed room around the wine. So we have, you know, sort of the cooperage boards from the barrels and they're putting those on the ceilings or on the floors, or if it's a, a Tuscan inspired or a California inspired, then um, we're doing architectural details from those vintage periods or those areas of, of the world. Um, the materials themselves, I think sometimes people want that wine cellar, true cellar underground feel. And so mm-hmm. we do the the brick vaulted ceilings or the stone or things yeah. like that to kind of give you that feeling, even if it's on the first floor off the dining room, like one I did recently, 
Um, sometimes people want that underground yeah. cave feel in there. So we'll do some of those materials. Yeah. And as we've had other guests on the show, we've talked about some of the materials that they use, whether it be stone or tile or brick. And there's a lot of material out there that it looks like brick, for instance, thin brick mm-hmm. that you can put on a floor and not worry about the height mm-hmm. changing dramatically. It's more like putting tile on the floor, but you have true brick, right. the facing of brick that you can put on the floor. and Yeah. If you want to do a vaulted ceiling or mm-hmm. groin vault ceiling or something like that, arched barrel vault, it's so much easier with the veneer materials, the thin brick, the cultured stone, things like that, much easier and less expensive than doing the full thickness. Yeah, and you don't have the weight and the structural concerns right. with it as well. Right. So, yeah. so, so you're looking at storage um, of the wine itself. And so when we talk about storage, there's cabinetry, there's also racking systems, mm-hmm. and then you have the size of bottles that right. you need to take into consideration. How do you even start with, with the homeowner? Is this a sit down and you say, do you look at the collection if they have a collection? Well, yeah. I mean, it starts with a conversation about what their bottle count is now, what types of bottles they typically purchase and buy, and, and how they see that expanding. One of the statistics we see is that once a serious collector gets a real dedicated wine storage room, they double their collection. And so it's okay. You have 500 bottles now. We ought to be designing you for at least 1,000 because mm-hmm. you're probably going to double your collection in that period of time after you get uh, a real dedicated space and you know that your investment's going to be protected. They also tend to see their price per bottle go up because they know they can mm, protect it mm-hmm. and maintain it long term. So they're not as afraid to invest in, in higher end wines. So yeah, we're talking about, you know, is it mostly whites? Is it mostly reds? Do you get magnums? Do you get cases? Do you buy by the bottle? Do you want vanity display? Do you buy expensive wines that you want to show off to mm-hmm. people when they walk in the room? You know, just talking to them about what their habits are do they have any they need to be locked away because of their investment value or things like that? And then talking to them about the styles they like and whether they want something modernist and minimal with the little pins or whether they mm-hmm. want to cover the whole bottle with those cubby style racks. So yeah, it really starts with a conversation with the homeowner and what kinds of bottles they want to store and how many. So it's not as simple as someone saying, I just, I want a wine cellar. No, it's <laughs> yeah. never simple. Yeah, it's never simple. And and they are, there's some that are very, very complex. Mm-hmm. And I know you have a few on the website at jsbrowncompany.com that you can take a look at. But, you know, to your point, are you seeing more people with modern or are they looking at traditional storage? Well, I think modern design in general is on an upswing, even here in central Ohio. So we are seeing people go a little more streamlined and a little more sleek, but there's always that pull with a wine room for it to be that super traditional old world feel. And so I think those two are, you see both extremes mm-hmm. with people depending on on their taste. But yeah, there's a lot of cool contemporary options for you. You have more to worry about in terms of stability and, and placing the racks or the pins and, and how they're done and their light exposure mm-hmm. in those installations. The more traditional ones protect the bottles kind of more naturally. Um, just by the way they're constructed. So lighting, you just mentioned, you, mm-hmm. you don't want light. That's one of the enemies of wine is right. light. And so is change of temperature. Mm-hmm. So when you have a wine cellar, they're usually a little bit darker in nature, but mm-hmm. how do you light them so you can see and read your labels and kind of, if you are using them as entertaining space, how do you, how do you provide adequate lighting and what type of lighting do you use? Yeah, lighting's tricky. And when it's off of a main space, you know, that's one of your considerations. Is it near windows or something where we're going to have to have window treatments or something to protect them? I, I tend to like LED lighting for a wine room because it doesn't add extra heat. So I don't have to worry about offsetting the heat of a bunch of lights with extra cooling or something like that. And if you control everything with 
um, either separate switching or a programmable lighting system, one of the digital systems um, with Bluetooth and all that, that cool gadgety stuff. I, I very much like to have layers of the light. So some thin strips of LED lighting that just highlight the labels, maybe on the vanity rack or on some specialized mm-hmm. areas where you go. Um, lighting in display areas, niches um, over the the work area where you're going to be cor- uncorking and pouring and all of that sort of thing. Some general lighting to get you in and out of the room safely and then maybe some drama lighting behind the racks. So layer it up so you don't have to have it all on. You know, it's just an everyday evening dinner and you want a bottle of wine, you're just going to flip on the one main switch. You're going to go where you know the bottle is and you're going to grab mm-hmm. it. But when you're entertaining, maybe you're going to put on the multiple layers and have those on so the guests can be wowed by yeah, what they Yeah, be see. the feature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, do you have a wine cellar in your home? I don't have a wine rack on my counter. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say, which is not the ideal conditions in any shape or form to store wine. But happily, I drink my wine fast enough that it doesn't need to be stored for very long. So there's the, yeah, there's the silver lining, <laughs> right? This, I got to drink it. It's, it's you know, it's been here two weeks. I got to take care of it. <laughs> Greg, wine room. <laughs> uh, well, you know from previous uh, episode, I drink Bud Light. Yeah. So <laughs> one day when I grow right. up, maybe go. yeah, I've got something to aspire to. I have to get you to a tasting. There well, then go. let's give the tip of the week. This seems like a great time to, to interject a good tip. And it's, it's right up the alley of all the advice you've just given right now. Fantastic. It's time for the tip of the week. Want to know how to store your wine and get the best results when it's ready to drink? Keep it in a dark place? Store bottles on their side to keep the cork from drying. Maintain a consistent temperature and keep the humidity around 70%. Then pop that cork and twist the cap and let it breathe and drink that wine. Pretty good tip for the week, don't that you think? That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, it made me all thirsty. And I'm not even a big wine drinker. And I don't well, drink what you do either. Yeah. That crazy garbage. <laughs> well, I, I like a good craft beer. Well, and it's funny you say that because there are more and more uh, beers that people are storing long term. So mm-hmm. this yeah. could be, you know. Beer cellar. You can get a beer cellar. Well, yeah, yeah there's also people who will keep their uh, cigars. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you can have hum- humidor sections and things like that. And other stuff can be stored in wine rooms as well because of the temperature consistency and the humidity control. Yeah, I think we've seen a, a nice evolution of that space. I think to your point that you made earlier in the in the show, there are space in in homes because they are larger that people are trying to find a different function function for. So mm-hmm. even a, even little breweries mm-hmm. in their own home, you know, home, making home brew and storing their beer and cellaring it. Now we're seeing some of that, but that that takes us to another show that we'll talk about. <laughs> right, we'll stay on on we'll, task. We'll here. bring uh, some something to sip on after that for that yeah. show there. So you recently did a project um, and we photographed it not too long ago and it's been popping up all over the place and it's been featured in a couple other publications as well. Um, and, and this was a, a job that you had done, your Copeland client, mm-hmm. who are wonderful people, and they added a new wine room off their dining room. Right. So this was a little unique because it wasn't in a lower level and it has more light exposure. So mm-hmm. tell us about that project and kind of how you arrived at that solution. Yeah, they were fortunate enough to have a a interior-ish space off of their garage. It was conditioned. Uh, the, the thought is the previous owner may have used it as an office or a storage unit or something like that. And you accessed it previously from the garage and we sort of turned that around so that you accessed it from the dining room. And they have some big, beautiful windows in that dining room that were on the perpendicular wall to the wall with our new big, giant glass doors. Mm-hmm. And so what we ended up doing for that client is getting a custom um, remote-controlled uh, room darkening shade that would come down when it's just every day, just them, they keep that lowered. They want to go and get a wine. They pop that switch or hit the button on the remote and the 
window treatment goes up so they can go through the glass doors and get to it. But when they're entertaining, it rolls up into a little hidden cassette above the backside of the door so that you get that full, big, nine foot, I think, wide glass sight line into this mm-hmm. big, gorgeous wine room. So yeah, can, and it steps down into it as well, and you've it, got a unique floor and ceiling. It does, yeah. The garage is four steps down from the main level, but the adjacent living room off the foyer and the dining room is two steps down. So we raised the floor up slightly for the wine room, so it was only two steps down. That way we didn't need a railing, and we could also add some insulation and, and things under the floor. And then it had nice high ceilings. And we talked about some different elements, you know, brick, stone, things like that. And um, the homeowner landed on this really gorgeous dimensional tile. It was a hexagon tile that was sort of faceted, kind of like a six-sided pyramid, if you mm-hmm. can em- envision that. And then we did a, um, a black limestone, chiseled limestone floor. So it has those sort of rustic, stony sort of elements to it, but um, has a very sleek, clean vibe to it. So mm-hmm. picks up some of the traditional tones in her house but it is a little cleaner and not super traditional the way a lot of wine yeah. are. Well, I think the amount of glass that's in there and the light fixture itself is a mm-hmm. statement. Yeah. You know, it kind of looks like a halo crown that you would you would wear. Um, I don't even know how else to describe it. Yeah. You probably can do it better than I can. But yeah, it, it, it is. It's like a halo. It's, it's a big circle and it has these little things that look like crystals coming out all the way around. And it does, it picks up the light. It picks up the, the prism sort of shape of the ceiling tiles and um, gives a nice glow it's an led light so low energy low heat output Mm. great light and then um, we did some can lights we did some led tape light inside the racks built into the racks so lots of now is there also cabinetry in there there is closed storage there's yes there's um a whole variety in there so we did um open shelving for cases we did a couple of giant niches for those ginormous you know those big display bottles that you're like whoever buys that and drinks that you know they look like you know they you see a buca de pepo. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly the, the analogy. Like somebody buys it. So we have a couple of niches that could hold those. Um, we've got space for champagne bottles. We've got space for these the little tiny petite bottles. And then the 750 milliliter, which is the most common um, size bottle. Um, places for casing. We've got diamond racks. We've got the standard cubbies. We've got some double depth. We've got some single depth. So they really had a wide variety of, of mm-hmm. storage in there. And, and part of that is for function, but also part of it is just to keep it from being monotonous because all that racking can get a little busy visually. So to be able to open some space up. How many bottles? They asked for at least, if I'm remembering right, they asked for at least 1,200. We got, and ideally 15, I think we ended up getting them in the high 13s or just yeah. under 1,400 bottle capacity. Yeah, yeah good, good. Party time over at their house, right? Oh gosh, I would, I would think so. I would think they would have a wine for any occasion. So now they regulate the temperature in that room. We have a specific system set up just for that room. So um, there is a unit that controls the temperature and the humidity. Mm-hmm. And with those units too, you aside from temperature, humidity, and light, you also want to keep your wine collection away from vibration. And so their their unit is isolated away in the basement so that we can keep that. Um, vibration of the unit away from the wine and it, it just feeds the the space. Okay. So you have to seal that room off. Right. So it holds the temperature in there. Mm-hmm. What are you doing in a glass wall that helps seal that? Yeah. Well, you have the, obviously the issues with the, the construction, you know, your, your framing, your drywall has to be water resistant drywall. You have to use insulation and vapor barriers to keep the humidity in the room. And also, so you're not bleeding that humidity into areas where it can get trapped and, and become a, a mold moldy or mold yeah. issue. 
Um, but the glass doors are quite wide. Now, we did do thick glass doors like you would see on a shower door very often or in a commercial application. You can use exterior doors like entry doors that give you that really super tight seal. Mm -hmm. But some clients don't like those because they can be heavy uh, to open literally figuratively or literally physically heavy, but also visually heavy. And sometimes they have big mm -hmm. frames and big tracks on the floor. Yep. So this particular client wants something as light as possible. So we have um, glass doors that fill the entire door opening and they just have that little clear gasket that goes around it that maintains the temperature um, and humidity well enough, slightly less efficient than an outdoor exterior door type installation, but uh, much more attractive. So what are some of the temperatures? Do you know those off the top of your head of what you want to store? Yes. Wine. The, the biggest thing with wine is that you don't let the temperature fluctuate, you know, but mm. the ideal is between 55 and 58 on the, the temperature range. You get your temperatures moving um, and then the wine is expanding and contracting and either pushing out wine through the cork so that you're losing some of it or it's sucking in oxygen, which is through the cork, mm -hmm. which is spoiling the wine. So the more consistent you can keep it, the better. And in that range is ideal. Okay, and the humidity, same thing. You heard us in the tip right around 70%, but is that consistent with all bottles of wine? Um, it, it, it's fairly consistent, yeah, and, and you just definitely don't want it above 80. Um, mm -hmm. Anything above 80, you're going to start having mold and mildew issues. Anything below 50, 55, Yucky. you're going to start drying out the mm -hmm. corks, which you don't want. So, yeah, 70% is, is great. And with the screw cap <laughs> style <laughs> bottles, <laughs> I'm told that the humidity matters, you know, a lot less because you don't have the cork issue to deal right. with. Um, but yeah, corked wines are going to be your primary. So you laugh ones. with twist off, but I've seen even <laughs> some of the finer wines are going. To I've twist had some off. great wines that have a twist off, but I always yeah. feel a little weird about it. Like, yeah. you know, like <laughs> the Bud Light or light. something. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, am I, is this any <laughs> good? Like I'm farm. twisting a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like I don't have to worry about opening it right. Wine cooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's true. I remember the first bottle of wine that someone, you know, I went to a restaurant and I usually don't buy a wine out very often, but. Mm -hmm did and i was like okay we're really spring and having a bottle of wine tonight so they bring this bottle and they had a twist cap and i thought oh man am i such a cheapskate but it was a really <laughs> nice bottle of wine yeah i just thought holy smokes <laughs> and the um you know the the waiter that had brought the wine over said this is what a lot of uh the wineries are going with is a is a twist cap for reasons you just explained but also because of just the the shortage of cork right and um i didn't realize all that yeah so Composite corks too. I've seen a lot of. Mm -hmm. They they get the cool colors and they don't shred as much when mm. you're opening them. And yeah, it's a quirky business. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> hey, I had to catch up to you. <laughs> it's one of those. Monica, what else should people know about wine cellars other than they should call you to get the next one planned? <laughs> well, I, I think you really should think through. You know what your motivations are. Do you need room in there for guests? Do you need a sink? Do you want a place to clean up? Do you Need a little place to, to store other things like beer or something, maybe a secondary little fridge that you could keep, maybe champagne at a slightly colder temperature or reds at a slightly warmer temperature, beer, things like that for your guests that aren't going to be drinking wine. Um, if there's any secondary uses, I think music's a great addition to a wine room. Mm. Have a couple of speakers yeah. in there if you're going to have guests in there. That really adds to the mood. So. And just, just think no through how you're going to use music. it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want the vibration. You don't want the vibration yeah. of what heavy does wine music. breathe best to? Yeah, little, <laughs> yeah, no. Little Ella Fitzgerald. I don't think so. <laughs> I, well, yeah, Fitzgerald would be all right. Fitzgerald would be all right. A little jazzy. Good, Monica. Thanks for joining us. This has been great. I know you have to get back to uh, 
back to the grind of designing the next amazing project everyone's going to see in magazines and back all over the place. Back in front of the computer, yeah. You yep. got it. So if you want to see these amazing projects Monica has done, you can go to jsbrowncompany.com, check them out in the project gallery. If you want to learn more tips, get more trends, and check out what's in our archive of Above Grade, you can also go to iTunes or jsbrowncompany.com to get that as well. Still want more? Be sure to tune in to From Our House to Your Home, the Remodeler Showcase with Frog Hauling each Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. on Sunday 95. Until next week, this is Bryce Jacob wishing you a great week to build from. Above Grade is a Columbus Radio Group production and produced by me, Greg Hansberry.